myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn your life back And it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words that maybe Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith, live from Tenerife. Uh, my last day of my holidays, it's been fantastic, but I hope you've enjoyed the pre-recorded shows. Uh, I'm sure I've, I've had some great feedback on Gibbo and, and Supermax Dream Teams, uh, fantastic watching both of those. But uh, yeah, we thought we couldn't let you down, here's a live, three amigos, uh, and as always, I'm with Mitch and Steve Hasty. Uh, hope you're well, lads, how's things? All Very good, well, thanks, Steve. mate. All good. And uh, before we start, uh, Steve, just want you to hold up the shirt. Um, this was a yep. wonderful donation by our good friend, Frode. Um, it's, a, it's a shirt signed by Holland, which we have been raffling for the food bank. There we go. Holland signature down in the bottom corner. Frode, of course, has trained Holland in the past and uh, yep. has a good connection with him. I wonder if the connection's good enough to get him to come to Newcastle. Um, but yeah, well, th thanks for that, Frode. The current bid is £350. Uh, all proceeds, of course, going to the food bank. So if you go to my Twitter, at Steve Wraith, uh, and make a bid tonight. Uh, we will uh, finish the bidding on that at the end of the programme. But the current bid is 350 quid. And I say all proceeds go to the food bank. So please uh, get yourself involved in that. And we're also um, doing a, a raffle. Um, a lot of people saying you're going to raffle another Shira ball. We will when I get back home. We are doing this one, uh, which has been on the website uh, all week. It's a, a signed framed Kevin Keegan picture as uh, so you get yourself at the nufcmatters.com uh, it's uh, 3.95 to enter the raffle 99 tickets available so get yourself onto there we will announce the winner to that as well tonight all your usual favorites packed into 90 minutes tonight gotta go and get ready to go out it is my last day of my holidays uh, but first Mitch um, I've, I've actually experienced Newcastle United uh, from your perspective this week I've been uh, sitting in the sun um, and conversing with Newcastle fans, conversing with fans from different football clubs, uh, whilst watching Eddie Howe's Black and White Army uh, go on another little run. And what a run it's been. Some, uh, some good performances, some solid performances, some great goals to watch, uh, some great defending. And phew, just, you know, the, the shackles are off now uh, and Newcastle are safe. There's no doubt about it. They hit the magic 40 points mark. Yep. Mathematically, maybe not safe, but I think it would take a, an absolute miracle now for, uh, for Burnley or Everton to get out of this particular mess. One of them is going to go down. So, Mitch, what's your take been on the, on the last couple of performances? It's We've shown everything from great skill to high levels of work rate to being able to dig in and dig a win out. Um, we've shown everything, absolutely everything in two games. And, and I think that um, says a lot for the team, says a lot for the team spirit, uh, says a lot for the whole vibe in Newcastle and, and how we see it. You know, um, as, as, as you say, you've been doing it kind of from my, my perspective and from the outside looking in, the, the whole place looks like it's bouncing. It looks like a stadium that people don't want to go to. You know, it looks like St James's could become a place where teams get intimidated in um, because I mean for all both Leicester and Palace at times had had um, quite their, more than their fair share of the football what did they do with it and some of those players on both teams didn't look like they wanted it 
you know, there was a couple of times with the, the Leicester side in particular, Elliot, on uh, the ball looked like a hot potato with a couple of the, the players. And that comes not just from what's happening on the pitch, that comes from what's happening off the pitch too, you know. Uh, and so um, you could see in, in the two games, we've literally had everything from last-minute winners to world-class goals to high levels of work rate, uh, determined defending and last gaps tackles. We've had the lot. And we've shown what we can do a lot. And I think that going forward, I think that goes so well. Does Steve, it's been fascinating. Um, you obviously get along, you've been along to the games. Uh, I mean, the atmosphere, certainly, as Mitch has pointed out, it could be like a bastion of invincibility, as Shankly once described Liverpool. Yeah. It's, a, it, it's just got that feeling. And war flags, you know, especially the ASM display the other night, was looked fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the atmosphere has been tremendous. I mean, we all know that this has been building up for quite a while. And uh, I mean, the, the Wolves game on the on in the evening, I thought was quite subdued. But the last two games have been absolutely tremendous. And you know what's interesting? You know that we're getting at other clubs. We know that we're, they're starting to itch. They're starting to snag about with little snarls and things like that. They've come. I can hear. I'm, I'm you know, I bumped into away fans and had quiet chats with them and. You know, I've heard everything from we're buying my way up the league um, to this is ridiculous where you make us sit. You know, that's everything and, and everything in between. Any gripe that they can get, they're going to have a pop at us now. And it's fantastic. But the atmosphere inside that ground on, on Wednesday night, especially, um, I thought was great. It, and it, it, the performance on the pitch, I didn't think came from the atmosphere on the terraces. I think it came the other way. I think the way that the players set themselves up with it, Eddie Howe had them set, set up, the way that went at it from the start, the way that the midfield worked as a team. When somebody went into a tackle and it, it fell loose, then it was always a Newcastle player that picked the ball up. Um, you know, whether it was uh, Bruno who went for the tackle and it slipped out and then it was picked up by Joe Linton or vice versa. I thought Shelby held his position really, really well. And I thought that they gave uh, ASM and Miggy the opportunity to really do what they can do on both flanks. And although he gets criticism and he, he was getting it in spades again by, by certain sections of the fans, I thought that Chris Wood had another one of those games where he held that line and he battled with the defenders and he battled on his own at times. And it's a lone furrow that he's working. And I think he's doing it fantastically well. But right across the right across the board, I thought there were performances that were absolutely brilliant. Two fullbacks for me. Emil Kraft, where's that come from over the last few months? Mitch has said, and you've said yourself, you know, there's a there's a Swedish fullback in here, you know, who plays regularly for his country when he plays fullback. And we're we're getting the fruits of that now. I'll tell you something I've seen with Kraft um, that I've seen in some of his earlier performance that he stopped doing. He used to do this little thing where he almost would turn his body sideways and then stick his training leg out to try and block the ball. Yeah. Um, and I've got a feeling that came from Bruce. Because I watched something on YouTube the other day that had uh, Gary Pallister playing and Gary Pallister was doing that. And I'm yeah. looking at it thinking... Is that why you started doing that on the edge of the box and sometimes giving away a daft free kicks? Couldn't work it out. But he has improved beyond measure. You know, he's, he's now, he's, he's aggressive. He's aggressively defending. Um, he, he had Zaha wound up like a coiled spring, which is fantastic because when his gob's going, he's not playing football. 
you know, when he's whinging and he's gobsgoing, he's not playing football and he is a very dangerous player when he decides he wants to play football. But when he's whinging and he's gobs, gobs away, he's not, he's out the game. Yeah. But I think Kraft has, you know, improved beyond measure. The other thing I like about them, you know, you say about them doing um, sort of, if somebody goes in for a tackle and there's somebody backing up. I've heard it being called hunting in packs, but I think I, I wouldn't call it that. They're not hunting in packs because when you hunt in packs, sometimes you overcommit. It's almost like strategic raiding parties. It's little twos <laughs> here and there, you know, and, 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 and they keep the pressure on and keep the pressure on, but allow the, the midfield to keep shape. And let's, I think let's, that's... Let's bring that one forward then, Mitch, and let's describe that for the rest of the national press who have hooked onto it. Let's call it strategic shithousery. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Didn't go and notice that uh, there was a journalist using that phrase. Uh, I'm sure there's a few yes. journalists watch this show, you know. I'm sure there is, but uh, it might just be me. I might just God be getting a little bit paranoid. <laughs> John, I, John, I hope not. I've just seen your post there for Liverpool. I hope there'll be no repeat of the sad scenes three years ago. I have seen the uh, the messages coming out about that game from the club, and they have been very, very, um, you know, very, you know, I would say. It's been different, you know, an insistence on the being home fans. So I don't think we'll see that, mate, if I'm perfectly honest. A lot of a lot of comments as well about the transfer window. I'm sure we'll be discussing that over the course of the summer. Um, probably not tie up the show too much with, with with who we would sign. Let's wait and see what, you know, what the end of the season brings, where we finish. I think that'll play a big part as well. You know, Newcastle, if, if Newcastle could just be outside those European slots at the end of the season um, and the potential that people can see from the outside looking in, um, I think, you know, Newcastle could have a very good transfer window. Um, but uh, as Tom Lynn says, what a week it has been. Uh, Andy Milne, uh, again, just asking, would we take DCL when Everton go down? I, I, let's talk about the two, the, the, those two teams, Mitch, Burnley and Everton. I, I, heart of hearts. I mean, we saw Burnley pull off another good win last night. Um, you know, they're still behind, really, in, in terms of the fact that Everton have got games in hand. But one of the games, in, one of the games they've got to play is against Liverpool. Um, you know, the, the big derby uh, down there and Liverpool, mm. of course, chasing the league. I mean, who do you see going down between those two teams? I've just sat and looked at the fixtures, funny enough. And I can't see Burnley picking up more points than Everton. It just simply because of the way the fixtures were. It's, there's, there's a quirk. Like, if Burnley got to play Villa twice, still. And and that's, a, again, another one of these quirks of the way the cancellations and rearrangements have come. Um, you look at Everton's fixtures list and it's daunting. You know, to, to be facing a fixture list like theirs and say, right, these are the games you've got to get your points out of to stay up. And they must look at it and think, well, where are the points coming from? Because, you know, that said, they managed to be beat Man United. They beat us when they shouldn't have, really. That that was just a nonsense of a game. Um, but I think, uh, for me, I look at, look at Burnley's remaining fixtures, take out the fact that the, 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 uh, strangely got rid of Daesh, which I I, I got a little bit of impossible insight into, not that I'll repeat it at, at the minute, uh, of one possibility as to why he, he's gone. Um, but, and if that's the case, it's mental. But at the same time, I watched Bernie last night and they looked good. They actually looked quite assured and quite confident. And, um, 
they didn't look like a team really scrambling in the bottom four. Whereas at times, that's exactly what you see from, from Evan. Um, and I think between the two of them, uh, sorry, John, who's me mate who runs Le Petit Bells, he's a blue nose, but I'm, I, I think Everton will go down there. Mm. Okay, Steve, what about you? I'm quite similar in that respect because, again, looking at the fixtures, I know that normally you would say I'd rather have that extra point in the bag. Um, but looking at who who you've got, and as you say, Steve, that there's a big derby coming up against Liverpool, and you know the way that Liverpool are playing, you know, you you that, that that's one game struck off straight away that you would imagine, especially from the performances we've seen Everton put in over the last few weeks, and they are a team. And the thing like, is, the thing is, Steve, if they get a hiding off Liverpool as well, imagine what that'll do to the fan base. Exactly. Well, they're a team on the slide. I mean, there's always somebody. There's always somebody who who falls into this position where they can't buy a buy a win. We we did it ourselves, you know, where we we just you know even though we're putting in what was supposed to be decent performances going back to 2010, um, and you you look at it 2009, 2010 with Shearer, um, and you 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 you're putting in performances, but you're not getting the rub of the green. You're starting to pick up injuries. You've got key players that aren't available. With, with Everton, it's been suspensions, key players out suspended. And is there going to be a bounce or has there, become, has there been a little bit of a bounce for Burnley? They did play very well in midweek there on, just on Thursday night. Um, they, they've had a, I think that, I think there's a rallying call. I think that, that this is, is this going to go down the last game? Is this going to go down to them, Burnley playing us? And, and and we having a, a say in whether Burnley stay up or Everton stay up. This is this is you know this is what football is all about, isn't it? But at the moment, I see Everton is no longer in the box that they thought they were. Yeah, I, I've got to be honest. I mean, I've been out here, you know, for for a week and uh, managed to you know speak to fans from from different you know different clubs. Um, Alan Little, he says, let the jealousy and salty comments continue from rival fans. How long have we waited for these kind of days? And it's only just started. I've sat with Burnley fans. I've sat with Leeds fans. I've sat with Liverpool fans. I've sat with Man United fans. I've sat with Man City fans uh, out here and had discussions with Barnsley fans. Um, but I've got to be honest, out of them all, the most bitter towards us are Man United. There's an arrogance. There's that rivalry, of course, which, you know, was was quite short, but it lasted in the 90s between us and Manchester United. Man City fans, I, I think Mitch has, has discussed this on the show before, seem to be forthcoming with advice, you know what I mean? Just enjoy it and this is what's going to happen and that's what's going to happen. Liverpool fans are quite dismissive, but not um, you know, not not good to see us having a takeover. Um, they'd, they'd much rather we had a, a, any success than the likes of Man United or Everton. Um, then all the other fans are, you know, uh, you know, know what we've been through. You know what I mean? And I've had I've had a lot of similar discussions uh, with fans about you know mistreatment. I mean, Leeds fans, of course, point to the Risdale and uh, the the days they you know that they had to suffer and whether nearly you know could have gone out of existence at one point. And you know, Barnsley fans, of course, you know, I mean, I was down at Barnsley when we got beat three 0 and there was more interest in the people fighting in our away end than there was in the match. And you know, probably you know, pro- you know, some proper dismal days. And I, it, it's just been interesting just to hear different people's you know different people's perspectives you know on Newcastle United and. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of well wishes and people just wishing us all the best because they know what we've been through. So, so there we go. Um, Mike Gent has asked this, and I think this is quite interesting. And again, 
you know, we 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 pick up little rumours and little bits and bobs from time to time from our contact in and around Newcastle, um, as everybody knows through the takeover. But Mike Jen says rumours of executives from uh, Aramco at the Palace game. Could this have anything to do with the sponsors, etc.? Yeah, I mean, there has been the jungle drums have been beaten a little bit, Mitch. Um, uh, you know about you know new sponsors, potentially new shirt sponsors. Um, you know. Uh, is there any more, you know, is there any more to this, do you think? Or do you think, do you think, you know, we've been waiting to see which, you know, which division would be in and we might see a bit more movement. Similarly to the question that Tommy's asking here um, about the CEO. It's the one we get asked every week now, not necessarily by Tommy, but by other people as well. You know, do, do you think we'll probably see movement over the next few weeks now that the, the safety, the safety target's been reached? I think that it does make a difference. There's no doubt about that. To be sitting with a degree of certainty, to mm. not having a, you're not having what if conversations. Then you're just having what will, and it's a very very different conversation. Um, in terms of the CEO, I gather it's it's whittled down a little further, um, and there's one still one name in the frame, but they're also considering people outside of football, which is interesting. Um, in terms of sponsorship, I hinted to it last week. I'd heard that there was sort of all sorts of interesting discussions going on here in the UAE. Um, something that I think Steve would understand, but not everybody out there might understand, that the the whole of the UAE is not necessarily going to immediately get behind Manchester City and Abu Dhabi. That there is a degree of rivalry between Emirates here. Um, it's certainly not beyond belief to imagine Dubai-based companies seeing a, a, a vehicle uh, driven by PIF as a better way to advertise their ways compared to, say, um, uh, going with the Abu Dhabi club. It's complicated, to say the least. Um, as complicated as all the geopolitics that we're talking about many years, many many months ago during the takeover, it really, really is. You wouldn't believe it, uh, but it, it happens out here for sure. Um, I've heard an interesting suggestion that Saudi Air Airlines are in serious discussions now with PIF. <laughs> Saudi Air are definitely nothing to do with PIF. PIF were actually going to launch their own airline uh, in. Q1 of this year, but I think that's all been put on hold because of COVID, etc., etc. Um, but if, if if you wanted something that was positive, um, as Saudi tries to drive tourism, if you wanted something that is positive in terms of um, able to invest and not be flagged as an associated company, Saudi is the one that jumped off the page to me. Um, the other interesting thing that that would do is then you go to regional. What happens in the region if, if that happens? Well, there's certainly going to be flights to Newcastle from Riyadh, for example. Maybe even some from Jeddah too. And then what happens to Newcastle Airport? Is it up to scratch to take that additional? Does it need investment? Does it need to grow? Um, then pressure on the Emirates. Emirates, who were just before the pandemic, going to put a second flight to Newcastle on every day, I believe. And that got pulled. And there was talk about sending one of their big A380 planes to Newcastle, and that got pulled. But the biggest thing about the A380 is you need to extend the, the, the runway at Newcastle if that happens. 
And is that a way to get a bit of leverage with Emirates and say, right, come on and come and reinvest in us. We've got other people wanting to fly. Come and send you a big boy plane over here. And you see that already the knock-on effect in terms of regional investment, some of these moves will have. Some directly as a result of sponsorship with Newcastle United and some potentially indirectly, which I think is fascinating. Um, I believe those discussions are all being ramped up. I still understand there is a, is a suggestion that a lot of the commercial business in Newcastle United will actually be handled here in the Gulf and not necessarily in Saudi, but perhaps here in Dubai, which again, interesting move. It's, but we're going to be a, a pressed, I think, to become the club of the region. Man City can have Abu Dhabi, we just have everything else. Thanks. <laughs> Interesting though, Stephen. It. I mean, it's um, yeah. you know again another question there. You know about Dan Ashworth from uh, from Tom. Um, you know the, there is a lot to sort out. I don't think I don't. I mean, my personal opinion is I don't think they'll pay money for Dan Ashworth. We've discussed this on the show before. I think they'll wait. You know, uh, the guy, the guy's on garden leave. Steve, I, I gather he, the, his his cost drops at the end of the season. Well, that would go. That would go. I, I mean, think that's when they'll pay it. At the end of the day, you're not going to pay five million if you can get somebody for two million in the summer, are you? Um, you know, and the guy's worth every penny. We've seen what he's done, um, at, at, you know, at, at Brighton and at England. So the guy's got, you know, the guy's got credibility. And like I said, you know, he's on the end of a phone, I'm sure. So from from our perspective, I wouldn't worry about that, Tom. But yeah, the, the sponsorship thing, Steve, and, and the shirt. You know, I've seen a lot of Newcastle shirts out here. Uh, I've seen one or two old ones, mind it, as we said, but. People are, people are starting to be proud to wear the shirt again as well. And I think, you know, that, that, that again will be a big deal in the summer, I think. I think that we'll, we will see a change of shirt sponsorship and we'll see a change of shirt maker, I would imagine. And those kind of deals are there to be done and these owners will do those deals when, when they're ready and when they can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mitch, has, Mitch covered a, a, a couple of little things there. I mean, they, they, let's, let's take the, the Emirates situation. They're currently on four flights a, a week. But we'll no doubt be heading back to seven flights a week as the as the previously were. The A three eighty, you need a you need a slightly different um apron for to get the the to the uh, embarkation and disembarkation situation because the plane's so big, you need slightly better baggage handling, something that anyone who's travelled through Newcastle Airport recently will know can be a bit of a nightmare, can be the 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 the, the area of, of congestion that, that gives you the most hassle, especially when only three planes come in together. You just have to ask Mr. Penman about that. Although, having said that, border force are not very helpful at the moment either when they stick one person on a desk and you've got 400 people coming in or 500 people from, from two and three planes at any one time. So there's a lot there's a lot going on in, in the airline industry that needs sorting out, and I think they're, they're gradually picking their way through. Um, it's interesting you mentioned, like, you mentioned there... Um, airlines um in saudi air i think the other thing mitch that you, you didn't mention was the fact that saudi air and and the saudis were looking to create their own hub i mean at the moment dubai is the hub um the the, the hub in the in the uae um is is nowhere near the size of the hub uh, from an airline perspective as the one in dubai um but certainly the saudis are looking for a, for a hub for for onward destinations um, throughout the Far East and the Middle East, so and in uh, and at this uh, Africa and and in the South, so you can you can see that a tie-in with an airline um, and pushing an airline out there, if it tied in with something that they're doing to 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 generate a, a new hub for the Middle East, that's a that's a, a distinct possibility. 
it's interesting you talk about um, some of the some of the more conglomerate uh, companies out there that are more international. When I say international, international within the Middle East, as opposed to being parochial within Dubai or parochial just within that little section of, of one of the Emirates like the UAE or, or parochial to, to, to Saudi itself. You find that, and, and I'm sure you'll, you, you know this, Mitch, you find in, the, in Dubai that um, that's where the more international conglomerates tend to be based that's where they're putting their investment, but they're also investing right across the 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 the, the uh, larger contingent of the of the MENA area. So those are the those. This is where the money is, and this is where the spread is. And let's face it, this is the target population for PIF and and the club. Now, this is where they're looking for new support. So it all falls into place, and it's going to be interesting to see um, where it actually matures and and how it matures and and what benefit it gives. The, our region, as well as the football club, and it, at the end of the day, that's the football club that bothers us the most. But I think some of us are also interested in how it's going to impact in, on on Newcastle and the Northeast as a region, and making our name much much bigger out there in the global scene. And that's what football does. Football generates the interest, the name of the city, the name of the club, the name of the city. People then want to be here. People want to watch. People want to be tied into, and companies want to come and gain the benefit from being tied in that's what that's what that's why Piff are here that's why um, we've got Amanda and the Rubens running the football club in the manner that they're doing and putting all of these plans in place I think the other thing that you touched on there about the CEO I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we ended up with a female CEO to be perfectly honest because again that's a little thing that, that would tie in with the sort of message that PAF would say and look we're a universal company and you know what? We we do things. We're, we're not tied to having some guy in a suit um, running our running our businesses. If you're good enough, then you'll get the job, whether you're a male or a female, whether you're a man or a woman. We, we'll take the best and they'll identify. And, and I think that when you look at the European Super League and you look at what happened, what's happened in the Champions League now, it could well be that they're looking pe with people with experience in the media, looking for people experience in uh, the, the TV revenue, that aspect, you know, working within within a, a, a broadcasting background, they, they might be looking for someone like that as well as, as having the football and the sporting background. Yeah. Um, these are this is where the football club will be heading. It'll be heading in a different direction to most of the football clubs because it's the new way of doing business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, interesting times ahead. Certainly, uh, don't forget the Keegan uh, raffle is. Uh, down to the last 10 tickets. Uh, so get your bid in now. I'll stick the link back in the chat. So click on the link, buy your ticket. Uh, we will draw that tonight. John, as you know from QTech, who kindly su uh, supplies us with uh, prizes uh, each month, um, has uh, got his latest clue. So uh, get your pens ready. 30th of August, 1951. So that is clue one uh, for your four-week uh, competition. Uh, 30th of August, 1951. Jot the answer to that down and uh, keep a hold of it and we will uh, continue with that over the next few weeks and then uh, a winner will be announced from the question from the chat. So uh, get yourself in. Okay, time for one of our regular segments.
The day I met where we ask you to send in photographs of you meeting famous football players from Newcastle or managers or ex-players and managers and uh, quite a few uh, here. One from Ian Windsor. Uh, he sent us that one. John Beresford, Gaza and uh, Ryan Taylor. Uh, thank you for that, Ian. A nice little collection uh, in uh, one fell swoop. Uh, Neil Rowan, uh, the great Supermac, just before his time, he says, as a supporter, uh, which uh, had quite a few from Supermac over the course of time. Uh, Neil also met uh, Rob, Rob Lee, who he says, pound for pound, the best tune player in my lifetime, although not my favourite one. Sorry, Rob, uh, he says. <laughs> uh, and uh, once again, uh, Kenny, uh, another one was Supermac. Uh, he says, this is the first time he met Supermac. A few years ago, that with the old Virgin Ooh, Money top on. Uh, <laughs> most, ah, it is. Ah, thanks for that, Kenny. Um, this one from Jim Bergfeld, uh, my youngest with two legends, Supermac and Bobby Moncure. Really? Um, looks like that was a pitch side at St. James's Park a few years ago. Uh, this one from uh, Dave he says, I was having uh, dinner before a game around 2015 as a guest of Coral, and a member of staff comes across to our party and says, Let me know when you're done. I've got someone who wants to meet you. We're taking it with sweet. And this fella says, all right, lads, who fancies a beer? Uh, a few years ago as well, Shepherd Offshore in the background there. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, definitely an old one, that. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So uh, keep them coming in. Send them to me, uh, at Steve Wraith on Twitter, or send them to Steve, or send them to Mitch, and we will endeavour to get them shown on the show. I've got a few, mind. I do have a backlog, so uh, you'll have to keep watching to, to see your Roger says, PIF Airlines as sponsors, investees into Newcastle and wider would be fantastic for Newcastle and the region. Alan, for some reason, is asking, is there a Starbucks handy where you are, Mitch? <laughs> no, there's yeah. a better little coffee shop just down the corridor. Mitch, <laughs> currently broadcasting from uh, work. Alan, uh, Alan Little says, war lads, choose Buckter. God, I hated those jokes. We've discussed this before on the show, to be honest, and it's just the scratchy, itchy, uh, itchiness of those strips that I remember. Uh, Alan Thompson uh, asks a question which I've seen quite a bit of on social media over the last uh, week or so. And he says, if Burnley need points to stay up, and so do Everton, will you, um, will you accept Newcastle having their sandals and holiday brochures in the dressing room on the last day to send Everton down, Mitch? I, I've got, I no. wouldn't. I don't want that to happen. Uh, I, I don't no. say I don't want Everton to go down. But if it, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I, I, do, I want Newcastle to win every game. Yeah. Exactly. I, I don't like the concept of us chucking anything away. Uh, it's not right. It doesn't sit well with me at all. What's going to happen is going to happen. Like we said all along through all the, you know, when, when we have genuine concerns still about relegation, we can only control what we do and let everybody else get on with it. And that's what we should still do right up to the last game. That's called sporting integrity at the end of the day. I think that's the right thing to place to be. We enjoy the, the ridiculous and miraculous turnaround that they've been able to bring and we concentrate on that. And if Everton go down, Everton go down. Um, I don't think anybody... The, the, the one thing I'd be interested to see 
is will there be the glee that we suffered at Aston Villa and from others that time we went down, the first time we went down under Ashley. Um, I'll be very interested to see how certain parts of the football world react to that because there was definite some places, some parts of the footballing world reacted with a degree of delight and I've never forgiven that and I'll never forget it either. Um, so I'll be interested to see that. But as far as us helping them down, no, that's not right. Yeah, Steve, I mean, I presume you're the same as us. You're singing from the same hymn sheet. Yeah, kind of, but uh, a, a little twist to that. This is someone who sat for years and years accusing Middlesbrough of lying down and allowing Manchester United to win the league, forgetting, of course, that we'd got beat on, against Spurs on that last game of the season anyway. So it's kind of it kind of does stick in my throat a little bit, uh, or it did for for a number of years. And then every time I met anyone who supported Borah, I accused them of that. Um, but that was just out of a, a combination of bitterness, sourness, and... Um, how can I put it? Um, a conversation starter. <laughs> yeah, so no, I, I, would hate, I would hate to think that somebody would accuse, be able to turn around to us and never live lived that down and turn, oh, you, you folded, you let them win it, you took us. I, I don't want that. I'd, I, I just want your castle to pick up every single point that's available. And I've always been like that. You pick up the points, you get as high up the league as you can, and then you look down and you're going, oh, sorry about that, lads. If... If it gets the last match of the season and Burnley play us off the park because they want it more, because yeah. they need it more, because they're first at every ball, because they're first at every second phase ball, and they're prepared to kick and fight and scratch and bite and get every piece they can to hold onto that their Premiership uh, status, I'll take that. Yeah. That's oh, fine. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's football. But having heard about the, the excellent way that we have set ourselves up to take penalties and the competitions that are being run in training, etc., etc., I'm not having anyone accuse Chris Wood of purposely missing a penalty. <laughs> no, no definitely, definitely not. Uh, Kurt Johnson says, the tall guy, I'm presuming he means Bill Corcoran, uh, who collects for NUFC Food Bank outside the ground is that a top like fella. Bill. He took a picture of my son when he put his donation in and put it on the Food Bank's face page. Uh, made my son's day. We will pass on your thanks, Kurt. Yep, uh, I'm sure, I'm, and Bill is a top bloke, by the way. Um, yeah. yeah, lots of comments about this Everton Burnley thing. Uh, a, a few, few comments there. And Benny just says it's not right, but we'd all rather Burnley stayed up. Remember when Alex Ferguson rested the whole team against Hull when we were in that situation? Yeah, I mean it. It does happen. Paul says uh, Mitch calling for how to stick with playing craft has turned out to be a stroke of genius. Do you think we should keep him if he carries on like this for the rest of the season? Well, let's let's combine that question, Mitch, um, with this one uh, from Phil Davison. We have to buy Target. He was absolutely class uh, in the last few games. Um, we've got a bit of a dilemma, Mitch, um, because we've already touched on the fact that Kraft has been, you know, you know, a, you know, a model player really uh, since, yes, since Bruce left. And you know, looking at the old Kraftwerk song there, but the. With regards to you know him, you could probably look at Almiron as well, um, as somebody who's come into a, a sudden rush of form, um, and, and of course Target, who was on loan. Um, in a nutshell, those three players. Let's just look at those three players. First of all, Kraft is is he worth sticking with next season? Absolutely. We need a squad. We need depth, and we've we've seen that with Trippier getting injured. What he's also done 
means we don't have to make any silly decisions with Trippier now. If he's right and he wants to play and he's fit to play, play. But knowing how uh, how uh, fifth metatarsal injuries can be, and they've got a high level of relapse, very high level of relapse. That's why the average return to play time is so long. Uh, there's no point in playing silly buggers with Trippier because of Kraft's form. That should roll on to the next season. We need cover. We need ability to rest players on occasion. And that Emil Kraft coming into a side, I don't think anybody could could um, complain if we had a week where Trippier was, was 50-50 on an injury and doesn't have to play because we've got somebody who can step in and, and do the job. Um, target, I think, if, it, if, if the... The agreement is 15 million less than the fee we've already paid the loan, and I'll have the check already written on the day's contract ends and say, There you go, thank you very much. He's a Newcastle player now. There's no doubt about that. We've said this from almost the day he walked through the door. He just looks like one of these seven and a half to eight and a half out of ten every week players. He gets on with it, he's in the background. I tell you what, I do like about him as well. If you look at how he interacts with the club with other players and with fans on social media. Smart kid. Smart kid. I like him. You know, I, I like that kind of attitude. Um, and he certainly seems to have fitted into the squad beautifully. Um, Miggy's given a real dilemma. If you'd asked me this three weeks ago, Miggy was out the door for me. Absolutely out the door. And I think the difference is Bruno. When, when he's in a side with Bruno... This, whether it's because of the South American way of playing, they've got a similar men- mentality. They want to give, go, give, go, one, two, one, two, keep the ball churning. Um, he's looked a far better player since Bruno's come into the side. Totally different player. And now we do have a dilemma with him because if he can deliver the kind of stuff he's shown in the last few games on a regular basis, we've got absolutely no reason to shift him on because what an enhancement to the squad he is. You know, that, that 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 goal was so well taken. Talk about slide rule, you know, he couldn't have put it any more into the corner if he tried. Um, but he also, he, he fought for the ball. The ball from Bruno was exquisite, by the way. The backspin to hold it up from running away into the Gallagher corner because of, the, of the, the slope on the pitch was just something else. But then to see it finished in that way, um, fantastic. So he's the one that's a dilemma. Because like I say, three weeks ago, if you'd asked me, is he on, on his way? I would say, yeah, he's out the door. Steve, it's, but... an interesting, it's an interesting position to be in, isn't it? Because, you know, yeah. suddenly suddenly we're winning games. Um, you know, I mean, it's an amazing turnaround. If Eddie Howe doesn't get some kind of recognition uh, for this, um, you know, I'll be very surprised at the end of the season because what he's done is, 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 is miraculous. It's, it really is. Um, it's a bigger escape, really, I would have said, than than that Leicester escape uh, when when then they went on to win the league the following season it's been it's been nothing short of a miracle but these players yeah i mean you know which ones would you keep out of those three um i'm not too sure that the way i was going to f- approach the question was first of all to say what it's actually done is given Eddie Howe and probably Steve Nixon a, mm-hmm. a nice dilemma because knowing what they've what they've seen over the last sort of 3 months with the defense um, it's uh, it perhaps allows them to concentrate on in other areas, perhaps in midfield, 
um, perhaps up front, a couple of strikers, that type of thing. Um, and maybe he's a goalkeeper. I know that a lot of people talk about it. In terms of craft, you cannot you cannot knock. And I think a lot of it depend on the lad. If he wants to, if he wants to stay and be a number two, because that's what he would be behind Trippier, then then fine. If it now he wants to be part of a part of a, a what we hope is going to be a, a moving forward winning mentality football team and squad. If if that's what he wants, then then I'm I'm sure there's a place for him. Um Almiron, absolutely Mitch. I, he was he was he was written off for me. Um but whether it's a whether it's a language thing, whether it's a South American thing with Joe Linton and Bruno in in that midfield together, you know, I know that he's more Spanish speaking than Portuguese. But that's not to say that they both they can't communicate. I think we've seen some of the interviews, and he's certainly probably better at Spanish than he is at English because he's he doesn't seem to want to do interviews in in English. Um, but again, it's 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 possibly again down to a confidence thing of getting a run in the team. You know, I, there's a very very fine line of of saying between describing someone as absolute crap, like people have done about Kraft in the previous three months. And then seeing him put performances and seeing he's just he's been given a chance, he's been coached well, and he's taken on board and taken his opportunity. And I think that I think there's one one two percent between this this situation where someone can can just be described as crap and being good because at the end of the day they're all solid professional. You don't become a professional footballer by being crap. Where you become crap is when somebody's opinion of a in the in a crowd that type of thing. That's where, and then it then it catches on, and you put a bad performance in or something like that. And I think what we've seen from from Emil Kraft and what we've seen, like I'm target, I'll, I'll come back to him. But what we've seen from Kraft is a player that has all the ability and just need to be in the right position, playing in his rightful position, alongside. Teammates who know how he's going to play and he knows how they're going to play, not this shuffling around that we've seen. And as for Target, Target's one of those players that will it will remain fit forever. <laughs> he played thirty seven out of thirty eight games, I think, for Aston Villa. He's played virtually every game that he's been available. He hasn't been taken off injured. He's not picking up injuries. He's a solid, solid defender, a solid footballer with a football brain on him. He knows how to tackle as well. And I think when it comes to defenders, you know how to tackle. He's more likely to hurt someone else than he is to get hurt. I think Trippi has a slightly uh, different type of fullback. He's he's a lot more speedier. He's a lot more nippier. He pushes on. And that means he's hitting players who don't know how to tackle and he's getting hurt. Whereas, and that's how he, that's how he did the, the metatarsal injury. But I think with with Target, it's a totally different player. He's he's primarily a defender who knows how to defend and knows how to handle himself in situations. And when the big tackle comes in, he's just as strong and willing to stand up. And we've all played football. We all know what it's like. We've seen we've played with lads and we've probably been, and I'll be as guilty as anyone, where you've pulled out of a tackle and you've ended up worse. Target's not the sort of player who'll get injured because he's going to pull out of a tackle. That's for certain. Definitely not. Uh, 100% Mags' brother. It's uh, his 30th birthday tomorrow. Uh, happy birthday to him. He wants you lads yeah. to say the same. Happy birthday. Yep, all the best. Hope he has a good day. Uh, Kirk99 says, Joe Linton is NUFC's John Robertson. An ugly duckling made a world beater by his manager. Joe Linton will be there when we win trophies. Uh, hopefully. Yeah, let's hope so. And um, yeah, keep on going as we are and building in the summer. I think things will only get better. Okay, time for Tweet of the Week. <laughs> Thank you.
a real mix of tweets this week. And uh, yeah, Bruno's goal uh, certainly had uh, the humour uh, flowing. Uh, Bruno this morning says Ben Jacobs. And why did he say that? Well, because uh, Daddy Bell and Shellman showed the video of the Hoodie Monster diving ahead. Uh, certain people of a certain vintage will appreciate that. Yeah. As Daddy Ben Shellman said, another angle of the Bruno 97, 94th minute header. Uh, and it, he says it's a lookalike as well. I didn't quite make the lookalikes, but uh, definitely made Twitter of the Week fantastic. <laughs> that. Um, this one was from Jesus. Uh, surprise. That was on Easter Sunday. <laughs> Very funny. I did make me chuckle. Uh, it was excellent. It, it's a good account, that actually. I picked this up on Facebook. This is absolutely brilliant. Anybody who played Sunday football, like we uh, we three did, uh, here is Mark Noble, and this is what he does after every game. He sweeps the dressing room. And anyone who has played Sunday football or Saturday football in the non-league will appreciate that when you go away from home especially, um, there's always one person nominated uh, to get the brush out and uh, tidy up, get the tape, the mud, uh, the, the empty can of Raljex, whatever, and, and sweep it up and stick it in the bin. But Mark Noble does this every home game and every away game without fail. It shows that he comes from the old school, definitely uh, in a, uh, the old apprentice days. But I loved that, I really did. Um, this one was interesting, and, and this this spurned a whole load of tweets. Newcastle United took a photograph of Miggy waving one of the flags. Mia Dad then put, is that my flag? <laughs> so then Liam goes, here's another one taking a flag home. Does anybody recognise him? Yeah. So of course, I'll be run off down the tunnel with a flag. War Flags then responds with, please don't take the flags with you after the game. <laughs> Great. Luckily, Graham Pringle noticed that he'd left it in the dressing room. Excellent. Which I thought was fantastic. A more eagle-eyed eagle viewer and 100% mags who watches the show on a regular basis says that he just spotted the towel shelf that we use for the wee man Ryan Fraser. Uh, the, guy, the guys, there's no towels on it today as he wasn't playing. Notice where the towel is, lads. Yes, 100% mags. I did giggle at that, mate. I thought that was very, very, very good. Very droll. Uh, Mike Garrett's posted this. Sacked on Friday in Rock City on the Lash on Sunday. I'm so here for Sean Dyche. <laughs> he's in Nottingham as well, I think. He wasn't even in Burnley. Fantastic. Uh, uh, if you've got to spend it, mate. Jordan Cronin says, classy comments from Brendan Rogers, And this was good. Um, I'm so happy for the people here. You get a great feeling every time you come here. It's one of the cities and grounds I really enjoy coming to. It's great for the supporters because the passion here is incredible. Um, I like Brendan Rodgers. Uh, I think he's always been fair. Win, lose, or draw against Newcastle. And it was nice of him to pay the plaudits after a defeat. Um, it's a fair play to him. Uh, Dave Harvey posted this. I'll never forget Bruno and Trippier for taking a leap of faith and coming uh, to Newcastle at a time uh, the club, at the place, you know, in the zone that Newcastle were in, relegation zone, forever grateful. And I think uh, many of us would replicate that particular uh, tweet. And uh, Nick from the Felon put this one up. Emergency meeting at the Premier League. Top Premier League club shock that Elliot Anderson belongs to Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Nicky, good one, son. Uh, this one was from Andy Kerr. A uh, lot of time for Andy. Great guy. Um, ended up working uh, abroad uh, for another... He works uh, at BN. 
uh, another company that we all know well. But yeah, and exactly, Andy. Put uh, it's a couple of years since I was last at St James's Park, but a lot has changed since then. Not least the atmosphere. This reminds me of watching football here in the nineties and early two thousands. Good to see Andy back on the home patch and uh, getting a chance to sample the atmosphere. Uh, Steve J. Owen just said, I knew Boris was a magpie. And I've got to be honest, I had to study this photograph for, for Donkey. I didn't know what the hell he was going on about. I'm thinking, Boris, does he mean Bruno? But then, of course, you can see uh, just above uh, the lads, above Bruno's head and above the kid in the white shirt with his arm in the air, for some reason, Boris's head is superimposed in the middle of that. I've got no idea why and uh, what, what the point of that was, but I've put it on here just to share it with you. Um Again, Andy Sixsmith is pulling out all plugs and getting some great interviews. And this shows the, the way that the club are um, opening the doors and, and how each player is, is reveling in what's going on. And uh, Andy just put, I don't know about you, Newcastle fans, but I love what John Joe Shelby told me this morning. And this was the the, the line from, from the interview. I listen to local heroes. I'm driving down Barrack Road with my eight-year-old daughter before a game. I love playing at St. James's Park. Words can't explain it when the fans are firing. And um, again, look, we're all too long in the tooth to get sucked in by PR. But, you know, I, I put a tweet out at the start of the week. It's just fantastic. It's great. We have, we in particular, us three, have cried out for communication for the best part of 25 years. You know, we've not had communication like this with, with any of our previous owners. You know, not even Shepard and Hall uh, or John Hall. You know, John Hall was, he was a great communicator, a great orator. But, you know, struggled still with, with that communication with the fans. I know we've got social media, but these guys are, at this moment in time, getting off to a great start and long long may it continue. Um, Darren uh, Daz Curry, of course, well-known face amongst the travelling fraternity at Newcastle. Guts, NUFC or Man United? Who has the brightest future? Who has the best atmosphere? Who has the most money? Who has the best Bruno? Who has the best manager? No wonder she returned them down. There's only one United. <laughs> that would make a great tattoo, Darren. Not on my back, but it would make a good tattoo. Mate. <laughs> uh, Spec Safers are offering a free lens removal service for all Man United fans. Simply visit your local store and we'll pop the lenses out of your glasses so you don't need to watch them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, this one, Jamie Rubin, 40 points, baby. He put... Uh, and just a picture of him and uh, Yasser and uh, Mia Dad, of course, which uh, which is good. Yes, been, as I say, been some good banter this week. Uh, Mick Story tweeted the year right here, lads. Uh, this is taking forever. Only way we're getting back to the Premier League and those two well-known <laughs> women from Wearside uh, wearing Newcastle tops now. Which that's uh, brilliant, lad. I love Mick. Mick, Mick was a, a, a way traveller with us back in the day. He's a great lad, real character. Um, and when he put that up, I just I just knew what he was getting at. He's he's class. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Uh, this one's been sent and it's been doing the rounds. Uh, Eddie Howe, the great escape. Thanks to everybody who sent us that. Too many of you to mention. Uh, this one from Ben Jacobs, he says, I'm almost certain Ten Hag has asked for McLaren as an assistant because he wants to resurrect his insane Dutch accent and ultimately shave his head. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be funny. Um, uh, Alison Maximin, of course, just saying thank you for the, uh, for, the, for the wonderful war flags display. I will never be able to thank you enough for this. I will remember this day for the rest of my life. Thanks for everything. Again, further uh, proof of... Uh, Social media skills uh, coming from from within the club. Uh, this one was for Bet365. No team in the Premier League history has ever survived relegation after failing to win any of their opening 14 matches. Newcastle United have now reached the 40-point mark with five games to spare and are eyeing a top-half finish. What a job 
Eddie Howes has done. And that, and just, just really, you know, complimenting what I said earlier about him having to be in consideration for some kind of managerial honour this season. Fessel, I, I know you guys love, um, love him as much as me. When attending a customer's home as a tradesman, I'll often hand them a £5 note as they answer the door and claim it must belong to them as they found it on the path. The instant trust this creates makes it a lot easier to overcharge them later on. <laughs> he, he is a character, this festival. I, I, I urge you to follow him. Um, well worth a watch. Uh, Harry, West Brom to be promoted under Steve Bruce while Newcastle get relegated. It's written. Yeah, well, fantastic. Yeah. Now, there is a couple of the other fan programmes put a, a tweet out uh, the other day asking for uh, suggestions or t- tag, tag me in tweets where the, um, there, are, there, there are pundits or whatever saying that Newcastle are going to go down. That's one of them. Uh, there's a lot out there. Go and search them. Well, well, well worth a look. Uh, Carl Fraser, uh, this was superb. If Newcastle United are planning on evolution rather than revolution, surely Darwin is the obvious choice. <laughs> Very good. Uh, wow. Keep them coming in. We love your tweets of the week. And um, as always, we will have them on the show um, next week. Slightly shorter, shorter night, 35 minutes. We'll get into looking at the, the Norwich uh, game in a little bit. You know, uh, says uh, Kraft has, been gr- uh, has never been that bad. Playing in the back four with the cells would drag down the performances of the greatest players. <laughs> Uh, son of THC, good evening. He says, if we can achieve uh, that, he's, he's got to forget it, blase. That's just incredible. 14 games and five points, uh, zero wins. We're doomed. We were. Uh, we are second in the 22 part of the season. Yeah, I mean, the second half of the season has been absolutely fantastic. And we're, there's only Liverpool taking more points. Evening, Pablo. Mm. Hope you're well, mate. Tom says, NUFC women will face Anictown ladies at St. James's Park on Sunday, 1st of May. Something we have been promoting, Tom. Um, it's a kickoff. It's two pm after a change in opposition due to fixture rescheduling. Uh, rescheduling. So uh, yeah, just a, a change in opposition. Uh, Doug says the knockers are finally quieting down. When will all those pundits admit that they were wrong? Um, Kirk says NUFC has, has been a, a local ground now. It's visually loud too, multi-dimensional, a total sensory experience. Cameras will start melting soon. Harry Hans will be a quivering wreck if we win something. Uh, and Jeff says. Uh, A-up chaps, love your three on a Friday. I'm looking forward to visiting a few new grounds next season and hopefully winning a few up the Rams. Hope you're doing well, mate. And uh, yes, good good luck to you. I think um, I've got to be honest, Jeff, uh, if it hadn't been Eddie Howe, it, it's Wayne Rooney who's done a fantastic job down there. And I know the yeah. relegation is, is, is part and parcel of your season this season, but, you know, he gave it a good shot and he's, yeah. he's proved a lot of people wrong. Uh, certainly has. Jimmy asks this one, Mitch. He goes, hi, lads. What do you think about the rumours about Real Madrid looking at Bruno? Well, they can look. Lazy, on touch. lazy, lazy journalism. It's it's almost like, oh, well, he's too good for them. He's going to have to go to a big club, bigger club than that. It's, it, and let's not forget about you can't play for three clubs in a calendar year rule. You know, so that's basically something basic a sports journalist should be up on. Um... But also, you know, it's just lazy and it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to us as a club going forward. Like I say, and it later be written from the stance of, well, he's too good for them. So let's let's push to get him somewhere else. Or from a point of view of, oh, he's only there to take blood money and write an article that can't, contains the word bone saw. 
you know, and, and, and this is the kind of crap that we're, we're going to get thrown at, unfortunately. Um, yeah, they probably are. Looking to say, God, why didn't we get in on that deal? But they don't have any money. That's why. Can I, can I ask a question, guys? That, that, that was on NUFC 360, wasn't it? That's where yeah. I saw it. Now, I didn't see anywhere where it said where it had come from. Whether it, you know, whether, whether it, that, that NUFC 360, we know it's a fan led uh, group, but it tends to just surf the, surf the internet and, and merely the press and, and dig out stories and put them up there so that people can latch on to mm. them. And, and sometimes, it, and then this particular one, it hasn't put a source in. And I thought that was well, I didn't know whether they were taking the mick, but whether, it, whether they were or whether they weren't, whether there was a bit of mischief making, but certainly got them above the 100,000 <laughs> members, didn't it, on Twitter, on that Twitter account. Yeah, so Jamie Rubin, congratulations. They've grabbed a load of Spaniards who are now shouting and bawling at the Real Madrid owners saying, you've got to buy this bloke, you've got to buy this bloke. So it, 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 I just found it rather really rather weird the way they just appeared uh, like that and I know that, that there's all sorts of rumours going around about who actually owns uh, NUFC 360 now um, but uh, I just I just found it a, a, a rather strange um, It was from the sun according to Benny. Maybe somebody can tell us who where the source was. Did it Was it in originally in La Marca or where because that's where you would have expected to it see it. It was from the again. sun. Benny says it was from the sun. Yeah but was it in the sun originally? I don't know. Uh, or whether the son of Peter because yeah, they, they, they recycle stuff from places like La Marsa and the equivalent sort of particularly Sky Football Italia is really bad for yeah. churning out bizarre sort of mm. half-baked stories that people then latch onto and start regurgitating almost as fact right. so yeah it could have come from somewhere there like, like, like that originally yeah, and we're gonna and we're gonna get into rubbish like this, unfortunately. Yes, but exactly. let, you know, like somebody just said, let's turn the tables. Um, who was this? Um, yeah, it's quite an eight players. And you <laughs> Real Madrid's top players. Turn the tables. Yeah, of course. And that's that's where we're. You know, that's what we can do. There's, there is no doubt about it. This is an interesting one from Tell, friend of the show. How are you, Tell? Uh, he goes, I've watched Miggy's goal probably a hundred times. It ranks as one of the best I've seen in fifty-one years. That pass from Bruno was just class, and Miggy's finish. Wow. Now that is that is a debate that you know that that is a debate for a show tell. I think we we will do a show in yeah. the summer. The greatest goal. Let let us do that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bookmark that tell, and that's I'm always oh, looking for new ideas for different shows, and we've got a few. Um, just to, we, we will announce one now. Um, we've been in deep discussions with George Mitchell, um, and George George is going to have his own show over the summer. Um, so we are going to do a season review. Uh, starting in 1950 with George each week. So that's going to be over the summer. So we're going to start in 1950-51 season and go from there. And the reason we're starting then is because George can remember that season. So <laughs> he's going to give us a little rundown of uh, August through to May. If that was even... Did they play football then at that time? I've got no idea. But yeah, it'll be great. So um, looking forward to that. Fantastic. But yeah, we will do a can show about say, that. Steve, I, I've watched that about 51 times as well. And for 50 of the 51, I'm expecting the ball to go over the top of the bar, having watched Miggy for the last couple of seasons. Yeah. But, and that's what made the goal good. It was more shocked than anything else that it went into that top corner. Because I thought it was going to sail over the bar. 
he's very angry as well, of course. Um, which um, you know, after his little run in with Zaha, asking who the hell he thought yeah. he was, um, it's uh, it's certainly sort of, it, it, it bit of give him a bit of a kick up the backside, which 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 was. needs to get him angry every week. But yes. yeah, so I've, I've seen a few people saying, and I've, I've seen a few people saying that Rich says that uh, the chest control from Bruno uh, was as good as the pass for me. And um, Moza asks, who would you vote as the most improved player this season, Mitch? Ooh, good question. Been a few. Um, been a few, but I, th- I think I'm going to stick with Joe Linton. Yeah, uh, Joe Linton that, gets my that, vote. That move into midfield and where he's then gone with the confidence. Because he, he, he wasn't just playing badly, he was devoid of confidence, he was shot. And then he's found a way to dig deep and bring the player out. Um, but you're right, there's, there's other candidates there too that you need to really make a case for. Uh, and particularly improvement through the season since Howe came in, but I'll stick with Julian. Steve? Has to be. Has to be from where he's come from to where he is now, and where he was at the start of the season. The the abuse he was getting, the lack of confidence that was there, everything about him. He looked like a lost soul. Uh, he's a totally different player. So there's, he's the only he's the only choice for me. Yeah, big Joe for me as well. Hundred uh, percent, Mag's brother was very happy. Great stuff, mate. I hope I hope you got him a decent present. Um, I know he just won three points, of course. I hope that uh, wasn't his present. <laughs> <laughs> Miggy's version of that Rooney goal against us at Old Trafford says uh, Benny. Will there be a dream team? Uh, a dream team? Dream team, lads? Mm, yeah, maybe. It, 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 I mean, there's one thing for certain. I think watching all the dream teams back, Shea Given is the ultimate keeper. Um, so he's made it virtually into every single team uh, that, that people have picked. So it is interesting. Rich says, "What do you make of Eddie Howe saying he didn't want the celebration photo made public, but the official NUFC account?" Actually posted it. I didn't see that. I've missed that. If that's what no, I'm seeing that either. That's uh, he said it, at the press conference this morning, he was asked by Matthew Raisbeck from the BBC about the photograph, and he said the purpose of the photographs. It was something that started a while ago, and the purpose of the photographs was so that they all had something to remember within the team, within the squad, something the players could look back on. They get a copy of the photograph and look back on it in years to come and go. I was part of that, and it seems to have created a little world of its own it, so it was something that happened and then maybe Serena's been in and she's been taking it every time they've had a victory, they've had another photograph taken and then it's I think the likes of, of Lee Marshall's probably realised what a what a great thing it is how it's brought us all together, you've seen the squad together, we've seen the players we're seeing the, 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 the togetherness within the club is exactly the same as togetherness we've got within the city and I think that's what's happened but, but yeah. Eddie said he, he preferred it if it wasn't uh, but it's happened and he's, he, that's the way it goes, you know. So. Yeah, I would agree. Chris Banks says uh, the Bruno transfer story from the sun is about as credible as their story about the London bus on the moon. <laughs> and he also says Joe Linton uh, for his player. Benny says we should be grateful for Clark getting sent off against Norwich in hindsight. Uh, I was livid at the time, but that's how Joe got his game in midfield. Interesting, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing how things uh, do, you know, change the course of a season and uh, certain things fall into place. And uh, a bit of a bit of hard work and effort has uh, certainly helped as well. Okay, time for two lookalikes. Two lookalikes. Uh, some. Absolute belters. Uh, this week, Tom Dixon's been in fine form as usual. He's got Gus Hiddink and Susan Boyle. Uh, 
<laughs> Thank you for that. Um, 100% Mags put this one in. Uh, look alike, Mark Zuckerberg and Data yeah. from Star Trek. Definitely. Very good. Very good. Yeah, very good indeed. I can see that one 100%. This one was, again, from 100% Mags. Kevin Durand and Elon Musk. Yeah, I can see that as well. Uh, this thing, I think this is from Rita. Um, but it's Chris Wood and Bruce Forsyth. Very, very, again, again. A very young, a very young Bruce Forsyth as well. It has to be said. Uh, R- uh, Van der Vaart and Brendan Rogers from Tom. Yeah. Tom, you did just a lot of hard work on these. Keir Starmer and Lee Riley from Gogglebox. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> I don't believe that you've had to watch Gogglebox to get that one, mind. I mean, uh, that, that, that must be a bloody hard watch, watching people watch TV. Um, I love this one, by the way. Life Goals says, Steve Hasty lookalike on the left there. Looks like a young spitting image of him. That's because it is Steve Hasty. That's right. Life Goals. <laughs> I'm sure you knew that. But uh, it, was, it was still worthy of inclusion in the lookalike section. Uh, this one was good from Mark Byers. Uh, Matty Target is in the photo twice. You have to look hard in that, but it, it does look as if it's Matty Target in there twice. Uh, so that, again, you know, border, borderline one. Uh, Nathan Moore, um, he goes, uh, our new man of the pitch, Bruno and Rene from CW's Arrow. Mm. Yeah. He's got a little, got a little look at Prince Nazim as well, um, that guy. And this one from Jerry. Just got a new one for lookalike. He says David Kelly and Alan Dale, the Australian actor from <laughs> Neighbours. Was I? Yeah, I'm going to see where he's coming from on that one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this one from Jimmy, <laughs> Roland <laughs> Rat, and Gabby Abonglaho. <laughs> I can definitely see where he's coming on with that one. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> um, that's it. Yeah, that's it. So that was the winner. Sorry, I'm, I'm struggling with the light here because it's sunny. Didn't get, don't, oh, don't often get a chance to in. say that, lads. <laughs> Keep them coming in. Send them to me. Send them to Steve Hasty and send them to Mitch. Uh, we do enjoy the lookalikes. Roger Cook says, Big Joe, most improved in my opinion. Uh, to come from a misfire in number nine to a midfield monster is applaudable. And... Uh, David Knight says, um, I heard we are in for Maguire and Henderson for 60 million. What are your thoughts on that? I wouldn't touch Maguire with a barge pole. I'm really sorry. I wouldn't take him at all. Um, don't know about you guys. And, and Henderson, I couldn't see that happening either. But, uh, you know, I think there'll be lots of rumours and lots of things flying around, uh, Mitch. And we've just got to, we said it before, and I'm sure we'll repeat it again. We've just got to keep our feet on the ground and, and not get carried away and just watch what these new owners deliver. Roll with it. I, th- I think Roll the transfer it. plans are going to be very fluid and yeah. things will change and they'll change at short notice and then once the target's uh, secured, it'll happen quickly. And I think we need to roll with it as well and just enjoy the ride. I mean, £60 million for them too. I'd rather they withdrew the money in £5 notes and burned them one by one with a light there. I think you'd probably have more fun doing that. Um, but, yeah, not for me. Not at that amount of money. Thank you very much. But uh, I, I, we've got to really enjoy being linked with some of the names we're going to be linked with. Even though we know some of it's going to be total pie in the sky. 
But uh, um, I think uh, we just roll with the speculation and enjoy and enjoy it once they're pictured at the ground when in the shirt, scarf over the head, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Maguire could be in prison. I mean, I'm sure he's still got an outstanding court case. Um, I don't know what's happened with that. Never heard anything about it. But, you know, he, he could be locked up. Who knows? I mean, you know, that, that seems to have been put at the back of everyone's mind. Don't know what happened there, unless I've missed it. Uh, no. But, yeah, Steve Maguire, not, not for me, like. No, no, it, 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 that's, just, that's just a Man United fan trying to get rid of him, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay, Newcastle, travelling to Norwich. Um, Saturday, 3 o'clock kickoff. All 2,650 places, no surprise, have gone. And uh, as reported on NUFC.com earlier, since a 4-3 championship home victory in September in 2016, Newcastle have failed to beat Norwich City in four attempts. Uh, this season's meeting at St. James's Park, of course, ended in a 1-1 draw. And we've just referred to it there when Kieran Clark was sent off. It was actually seen as a point gained, although we all walked away very, very depressed. Uh Comments from the press conference today confirmed that Ryan Fraser is out and will probably not come back this season, but he will be fit for a full pre-season, which uh, is positive news. Kieran Trippier and Callum Wilson are both continuing their rehabilitation. As for Norwich City, well, Quebec, Ida, Rupp and uh, Omar Bamaledi and Josh Sargent all miss out. Uh, Newcastle's former goalkeeper, Tim Krull, has never lost to Newcastle in a competitive game since leaving St James's Park. He's won one. He's drawn the other two meetings with Norwich's side. And uh, they are bottom of the table by one point from rivals Watford. Uh, Norwich have had a free week off since losing 3-2 at Manchester United last Saturday. Uh, as for the referee, well, it's Chris Kavanagh. This is his third game in charge of a Newcastle fixture this season. Um, he took charge of the 1-0 one one win at Leeds and the 1-1 draw at West Ham. And VAR, which, as we know, is often switched off when Newcastle are playing, is Simon Hooper. So, lads, this is a, an interesting fixture because Newcastle have hit the 40-point mark and uh, Norwich are all but down. Um, is this a potential banana skin, Mitch? Is this one of those games you go into? Eddie House talking about a bit of rotation here. Is it a chance that Newcastle could go and it could be after the Lord Mayor's show and we could come a cropper? Um, or are Newcastle going to go down with a professional attitude and come back with three points? They could. I, I, did, I think even if you make some rotation, they'll go down with a professional attitude. There's no doubt about that. Um, I gather by the magic of, of the internet that uh, Maguire's court case is still adjourned in Greece, apparently. Right. But thanks, thanks, Dad, by the way. Um, and... Uh, so, I think that's for sure. I saw a little bit of their game against Man United um, at, uh, at the weekend when I was out watching the FA Cup semi-final. The, the Man U uh, Norwich game was on a adjacent telly. Um, and I have to say that they're going down with a bit of a fight. They're at least given something. They haven't put the white flags out yet. So, we've got to be wary of that. We've got to be aware that they're going to um, gonna still have a have a go. Um, they also did look vulnerable on the break, which is where we play quite well. Um, Tim Krull looked like he had his crisp packet hand crisp packet hands on as well for a couple of the goals. So as long as he puts those hands on against us, I'll be happy enough with that. Um, 
I think as long as we go and give a professional performance, there's no reason why we can't come away with three points. Uh, we've we've done the hard work. Now we can enjoy it, and and sometimes players, if you rotate them in when they feel like they've got something to prove, and there's absolutely no pressure on them to earn points. Just go mm-hmm. and play football and enjoy it. Sometimes that really does work in your favour, and I, I, I can see how getting the best out of some people if he's going to rotate a few people in, um, on that basis. Because, you know, we've already said Biggie and Kraft look like they're playing for their places next season. They look like they're wanting to hang around. There's a few other people who've been sitting on the bench who haven't had opportunities. If they come on with the same kind of attitude, you, you, you shouldn't be able to fault that, should you? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Steve, um, it, it, it is one of those games you just think, oh, God, is it a potential banana skin? But, um, yeah, where are the form team going into this, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you look at Norwich though, and Norwich are, are Norwich. I think in their in their mind, they knew that they were down. They they know that they're down. They, they they're playing for pride, and I think that they're playing for next season. I think I think that they've got with them having a new manager. I think he's out there and he's he's just cajoling and pushing and saying, lads, go out there. We're just we're, we're developing a style of football for next season. What's interesting is that that you mentioned. Um, you mentioned the, uh, Tim Cruel, but one of the players who's been playing out of his skin and one of the players that they have been relying on uh, this season has been Grant Hanley at the back, a player that we, we wouldn't even look at. Um, unfortunately, he's had Ben Gibson, who used to be at Borough, who everybody was raving about at the time, who then w- was moved on and, and now is, has been on loan at, at, at Norwich and has been a disaster for them at times. Um, sending offs and, and crazy gold uh, mistakes about them and everything. So it's, they're, they're, a, they're a, a strange blend, a strange blend. And it's, it's one of those grounds where the, the, I think the fans know their level. The fans know the fans know that they're, that they're stuck between the top of the championship and the bottom of the premiership simply because of their size, simply because of the finances. And I know there's a lot of talk, a lot of conversation about how bad the parachute payments are and how it benefits a Norwich because they exploit it. They just go down, come back in, log the money, go down, come back up, log the money, etc. But that, it's not easy to do that. It's not easy to, to 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 run a football club in that way. So you've got to give them a little bit of praise. Um, and for that, for me, I watched, like I, I watched them as well, man, uh, against Man United last weekend. And um, what I saw was a team that were playing on the edge, if you know what I mean. That they that they didn't look that they went to Man United thought we can get something here. They went two two nil down and they brought it back to two all. And I thought that I thought that the the free spirit in them. That, that got them to where they were. And it, at that point, I thought there was only one team was going to win that game. As it happened, Ronaldo popped up again. And it was only the three goals from Ronaldo that separated Norwich as as, as playing as a team from a Man United that were playing with one man, um, basically, and a, and a bunch of players who had given up the ghost at Manchester, even though they're sitting there fifth in the league. So credit where credit's due when it comes to Norwich. And I think they'll give us a game tomorrow I don't think it's going to be as easy as we think, but I think Eddie Howe's going, going into that knowing that we've had a great run at home. Our run might not have been very good going away and he wants to make changes, but I think you're absolutely spot on, Mitch, that we've got players who are playing for their places in the squad next season. They're playing for pride. They're playing to show that they may not have been used recently. 
But when it's called on them, the likes of Longstaff, for example, when it's called on, will come in and do a job. And somebody put up there that wouldn't be surprised to see Dwight Gale. I wouldn't be surprised to see him play tomorrow either. Um, the guys had, what, 10 minutes, if that, in, in the last 24 games. He's worn, a, he's worn a hole in the track at every ground that he's been at when he's been on the bench warming up. Um, he's to blame for that grey mark, that, or that brown mark that's running along the side of our, our pitch with the warm-ups. Um, and uh, I think he's, I think he's when he when he played the other day, I thought he, he watched his movement and he still does have the movement off, off the ball. It was that little movement that he made, the little stalling phrase that allowed Bruno the space when he came in uh, to, to nod that ball in against Leicester. So I wouldn't be surprised if he came in. Um, but uh, like I say, it's not, it's not going to be easy. It's not? Okay. Have you got the lucky dice, Mitch? Ah. Like, go for it. Give it a whirl. Right. The dice has come up. 3-0. 3-0 to Newcastle. Wow. Okay. Well, Steve? I was going to go for a two-all draw. I think there'll be goals in the game. Um, I think they can stretch us. And I was going to go for a two-all draw. Yeah, I'm going to go for a... I'm going to go for another 1-0 win. Just got a feeling Newcastle will go quite defensive again down there, but they'll catch them. They'll catch them on the counter. I'm going to go for a one nil win. So, yeah, three nil, two two, one nil. You heard it here first. Uh, nothing from Andre this week. I haven't been able to, um, you know, do what I would normally do when I'm back home. So sadly, uh, nothing from him. But uh, we will draw the Keegan uh, shirt now. Uh, the Keegan shirt. The Keegan picture now. And it's congratulations to Elaine Punting. You are the winner, Elaine. So well done. You have uh, won yourself a, a nice little bit of memorabilia there. And uh, as for the um, the shirt, the Harlan shirt, uh, the final bid was three hundred and fifty pounds. So thank you very much for that. Uh, it's a wonderful Obvious. donation to the to the food bank. Like absolutely delighted with that. So um, and I'm sure the food bank will be too. And uh, I will contact the person in due course. What we are going to put up for the food bank this week is something quite unique. I uh, met a guy called Paul. Uh, at the turn of the year, he came to the Dog and Parrot and he creates Subutio teams. So this is what is on offer this week. And I'm going to stick it on Twitter in the next half hour. Um, it is an original 1974 Subutio team. Uh, and it's in a, it comes in a commemorative box to the 1974 FA Cup final. And uh, it is signed by Malcolm. Malcolm, there he is, looking at the little number nine in the box there. So uh, we are going to put that up for the food bank this week. Uh, wonderful, wonderful donation by Paul. Thank you very much for that, mate. We are going to stick that up. And I know he's a regular viewer uh, of the show. So thanks very much for uh, for putting in putting in that, mate. It means a lot. Uh, Marty reckons 3-0. Uh, Bruno to get a hat-trick. The Murray 4-0 to Eddie's boys, says John. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris is 2-0. Uh, and Roger Cook says uh, tune one nil. So lots of uh, positivity, which is great. And Tom, as always, doing a sterling job like Rachel and a few of the other moderators. So thank you for your help. Saying two hundred eighty-one, hit the like buttons, everyone, please, and do do hit the subscription button as well uh, if if you don't mind. And um, just want to say a big thank you, as always, to Spider Miner, uh, one of our main sponsors, who has been with us for for many many months now. Uh, thanks to skipsandbins.com as well. Telephone 0800 2545 25 3. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. 
Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks to Garden of Healing, Dispensary, CBD, Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.thegohd.com. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle. Thanks to Kleekai, meet the new game over screen, drop into a Clear Run device near you, available on Apple Store and Google Play and clearrun.game. And thanks to Media Art. Subscribe by hitting the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right hand corner. Uh, hit the thumb up to like the video, click share to share to your social media and drop into the comments to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. Uh, we're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify and uh, other podcast providers. Usually goes up 24 hours after the show finishes. If you want to become a member and enter the free monthly draw to one-off fee, uh, go to nufcmatters.com. You will get a scarf, a pen, a membership card and a cup sent out to you by John. And if you want to run your smartphone over the QR code, that will take you straight to that place and uh, don't forget as well if you are a subscriber we'll give you something for free uh, you get a car sticker you just need to email us for it and uh, we will send it out and uh, don't forget as well the food bank uh, and UFC fans foodbank.co.uk the virtual bucket is operational uh, all year round and uh, you can make a virtual donation to the food bank at any time and just a shout out as well for an event coming up this is going to be our end of season due because of the Viva Morrissey Tribute Act, unfortunately, um, has disbanded. So we've had to cancel. So uh, this one's going to be at Shearer's. Mick Lowe's and Andy Griffin, uh, Friday the 24th of June. Uh, tickets are £12 uh, from uh, nufcmatters.com. And uh, get, get along to Shearer's Bar to see Mick Lowe's and Andy Griffin. Andy's never done a talk in at Newcastle. Uh, sure, it should be very interesting. Okay, we're going to finish with uh, two of our other segments. Uh, of course, you know, we do like to have a laugh on here. And um, we've also we've also employed the services of uh, Elliot Slesser to tell a good joke or two. And here it is. My wife threatened to leave me because of me filthy and disgusting habits. I was so shocked and nearly choked on me toenails. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, Elliot. Uh, fantastic. And uh, <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen Julie in the chat, but I'm sure she will be uh, she will be playing catch up. Um, and of course, if Julie uh, likes one thing, it is the cat. And Troll of the Week is quite surprising because it's not aimed at me. It's actually one that I saw on Twitter, which was fantastic. And it's this. Colin Campbell put, good to see you at the turf tonight, Laura. Big win for the Clarets. We may need you to come back on Sunday as a lucky charm. Laura Woods then put, massive win for you lot, but I'm in Chelsea Sunday. Good luck. Kamaloka, the troll, said, is it true about your shagging Akin Femwa? Laura Woods goes, I waited, but he was too busy with your mother. Fantastic. <laughs> Come back, Laura. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> great, great to see a troll getting it in the neck off somebody, but well done.
Thank you very much, everybody, for watching. Lovely comments. I will have uh, an enjoyable last day. And uh, thanks to me two partners in crime, Mitch and Steve Hasty, for uh, for coming on live. And uh, tomorrow, a couple of shows lined up for you uh, as I fly back to the UK. Um, there's a, a, a black and white reunion, uh, which is old players do. Uh, which goes live tomorrow at 11 a.m. And then at half past eight tomorrow night, uh, there's a 20-minute interview that I did with Paul Robinson a couple of years ago, but it's still as relevant now as it was back then. Talks about the day that Rude Hullett decided to play him instead of Alan Shearer. So uh, two little uh, treats for you tomorrow. Uh, well worth watching. Uh, normal service will be resumed on Monday again. Live live show with the, uh, the guys on the fans forum. And then I'll be back on Tuesday uh, with Ross Gregory. But thanks for watching. Take care, stay safe, and we'll catch you next week. Bye, guys. All the best. Have a good day. Yes,